Welcome back to the Shema Podcast, my friends, and part two of Connecting with Our Source with Rabbi Jackman. Welcome to the Shema Podcast, the podcast for the perplexed, where Torah insights intertwine through personal stories as well as interviews with leading Torah scholars demonstrate the empowering qualities of Torah and mitzvot. For more great Torah learning through Torch, the Torah Outreach Center of Houston, go to torchweb.org. Now to the show. All right, so break down the sitter for us because there's sort of some distinct components to it and what the overriding sort of, I guess, principle or theme of each of those components are. Now, I want to say that there's a wonderful book by Rabbi Schwab on prayer, which is fantastic. It's a very thick book, but again, as we mentioned earlier, person says, let me just learn a little bit at a time. I'm sure there's other books as well. Let me take a little section at a time. I I feel that that book is great to making your prayer meaningful. So really, not only does our prayer book incorporate daily prayer, but it really incorporates a lot of Jewish law. So for example, the first part of prayer is called Birkas HaShachar, right? The blessings of the morning. And really the first thing you're supposed to do, you wake up in the morning, you're, you're alive, you open your eyes, you say modani, you say thank you Hashem that I'm alive. That's in our prayer book. That is in our prayer book. The first thing on page two in the art scroll, modani l'fanecha. You, the, it takes you through what you're supposed to do. Then you're supposed to wash your hands, you put on tzitzis, you go to the bathroom, you make blessings over that, you make blessings over the beautiful mitzvah of learning Torah every single day. And what's interesting also is that some blessings are every single time. People don't know this. But every time you go to the bathroom, you come out of the bathroom, you make a blessing. Thank you, God, that my, my, my uh, body works appropriately. Other blessings are one time per day. So like the Torah. Blessings for learning Torah is you say it in the morning, it's two blessings, and you're good for the whole day until you go to sleep, until the next day. Same thing with tzitzis, the blessing over tzitzis, the blessing over tefillin. It's a once a day. Now, there might be some exceptions if you're in the bathroom. You go to the bathroom, you take it off, there's a big break. But in general, it's a one blessing per day. And um, what's interesting about the blessing of the Torah is that it's unique in that it's the only blessing that asks for you to really toil, like the, to really get the geschmack, the juice out of Torah learning is to toil at it. Everybody knows that when you work hard at, at anything in life, that's where you really get the, the true fruits. And so Torah blessing incorporates that in an actual blessing. We make a blessing over the fact that our soul, our soul returned to us. We make a blessing, the daily blessings, all part in our prayer called Birchas Shachar, blessings that we're, that we can open our eyes, that we can wear clothing, that we can straighten our legs, we can see. Some of the things that we really take for granted, and again, this goes back to what we're mentioning, that if you just fly through these prayers, you're, you're not doing a really true justice. If you just stop and say, wow, Baruch Hashem, really, thank you, Hashem, to my eyes. I, I, eyes. Like, like I always tell people, and again, I'm not always living up to what I say, but you know, you won't have such a bad day. Your day won't be so bad if you just recognize, Baruch Hashem, I'm alive, I have my eyes, I can, I can walk. That's... And they say that prayer is called a voda. Prayer is work. It's work. It is work to have th- those proper intentions. It's work to say, Gavriel, talk to myself. Focus, really. You're alive. You have. You can see. You can straight. You can walk. Like these are. It's. It, we don't think about these things enough. We don't focus on them, and we just kind of fly through. 
and on to the next thing or let our thoughts wander to whatever they're wandering to. The other day I actually led service in Shabbos morning at the Young Israel and I tried, I would try to give them my all, especially if you're leading the service, try to inspire people. I say, look, you know, they ask you to lead the service, try to give it your all. So I belted out a lot of the songs, etc. I come back to my seat. My son Ellie's there. He says, Appa, you're all red. You're totally red like a tomato. I said, prayers work. I, you know, I, I'm sweating. I had to, you know, work at this, you know. So, yeah, so that's the first part. Then we kind of go into the carbonos. The carbonos mean the offerings that we used to bring on a daily basis. Usually the Kohen would bring carbonos offering for the entire community, especially the daily offering, the incense. We'd bring it twice a day. A lot of our prayer is also in correspondence to these offerings that we don't get to bring, unfortunately, anymore because we don't have a temple that's rebuilt yet. But we do believe that God willing We'll build the third temple, and we'll come back to bring all these offerings. So uh, many synagogues, they don't publicly say all these offerings out loud, but it's a good idea to say this, if you have time, um, to say the offerings. Certainly I say the Tamid offering, that has more precedence. That's, again, the daily offering that they used to bring in the morning and afternoon, which really represents the morning and afternoon prayer. And that's also in our Art School Siddur. I actually incorporate this in the Bella Center um, service that announced these pages. And then we start the verses of praise, which is called Psuki de Zimra, which is mostly Psalms from King David. And that's also in itself very difficult Hebrew, very difficult English. But to really connect to what he's saying, a person, a king who had such a relationship with the Almighty, not only was he a king, but he was the more, the higher his level. The, the more humble he made himself. Just like Moses, right? The, the biggest leader, yet the humblest of all men. Right. So to King David. And and Psalms, to him, is amazing. You know, it, it shows you how to really connect to Hashem and what it means and how Hashem has saved him from all the different troubles. We actually add more uh, Psalms on Shabbos. But again, as we mentioned before, because of Tir Chersib, we don't want to keep people waiting, so we shorten it during the week because they do have to go to work. So... But also it talks about the different praises, how I happen to love one of the last psalms we say, which says what, what a world would be like that every creation really praises God. It's Psalm 148. Praise Hashem from the heavens, praise Him in the heights, praise Him all His angels, praise Him all His legions. Like every creation has a function. Moon, be a moon. Jack then, Gavriel Jack then, be Gavriel Jack then, praise Hashem. And everyone and everything has to live up to their full potential. And that's a beautiful world. And that's kind of what we, that's what we mentioned on Psalm 148. One of my favorites also is the very last Psalm, which ends, which is the very end of Tilm altogether. But we say it on, it's 150. And we end with, let all souls praise God. Hallelujah. Let all souls praise God. Hallelujah. I love that. Kolon Shema. Tell, right? Ultimately, we as human beings were a piece of God. We have a piece of God inside of us with our soul. And how amazing it is for us to connect Hashem and praise Him with all our soul. So then, of course, we mention the Az Yashir, which we just mentioned in our Torah. Some some parts of Psyche Zimra incorporate right from the Torah, which is again the very end, Vayosha Hashem right? Where we talked about Hashem saved us from the Egyptians, split the sea, and we sang. That's the end of Sigdazimra, verses of praise. 
Again, it shows our belief, our muna, and our trust in God. Um, just going back a little bit, one of the things I forgot to mention with Birchas HaShachar, which I really like, is that God knows that we have so many challenges. We're starting our day. There was a rabbi, Rabbi Lazarus, from Israel, a great Torah scholar, who had a sign in his office I'll never forget. And what's amazing is that here's a person who knows the entire Shas, the entire Torah, inside and outside. And he had a, a, a very beautiful sign on, in his office, which, which is great, and what a message, but almost didn't seem appropriate for him, but I loved it. And it said the following, it said, Dear Lord, so far I haven't lost my cool, I haven't gotten angry, I have not been impatient, I've been thoughtful, I've had pure thoughts, etc., etc., but I'm, I'm very worried because I'm about to get out of bed. And I really need your help. And one of the things we say in our prayer is we say, please, God, help me from the tests of today. Help me. I'm going to be challenged. Help me from my evil inclination, my Yitzhara. Help me from challenging people, from the tests that are going to happen. Because there's not a day that goes by that we're not tested in some way. And that's a beautiful thing we say. And again, if we focus on this and we understand, on the basic level, understand what, what we're saying in the Hebrew, that's powerful to just think about that. Yeah, Hashem, please, I hope it's a good day. Whether it's with my spouse, my family, with my, my neighbors, with my community, with my, at, my, at my work, wherever I am, in my synagogue, help me that, you know, someone's obnoxious, God forbid, I can, I don't say the wrong thing, I can overcome it, etc. Fine. So we mentioned Sukkot Zimra. And then we get into the next section of prayer, which is really the blessings of the Shema, the blessings before the Shema, the Shema itself, the blessings after the Shema, and then really the highlight of our prayer, which is the silent Amida, where we're one-on-one with God. Talk about those two, like sort of pivotal prayers, and because they're very distinct in nature. One is almost like the the, the Shema is like the, the mission statement. This is the way I... I sort of have comprehended it. And the Shimon Esrei is our pleas and request for, for us and the Jewish people. Yes. It's interesting because if you really follow the, the prayer, it's almost, and someone actually, actually asked me this question, but it's almost like the Shema doesn't sort of fit in to the prayer. Because it, comes, it doesn't like flow properly. Because first we, we talk about how, you know, how we, we bless Hashem, thank Hashem that He created the lights, and that he, he gave us the, the luminaries. And then we, we thank him for the connection we have with Torah and um, the fact that we have the Torah, which is the greatest way to connect to the Almighty, is through the Torah. Before we had Torah, we had a mitzvah to just rec- recognize in the world that there must be a creator. Look at this beautiful world. Look at the sun, the moon, the stars. It doesn't just show up, you know. The famous parable of, look at this beautiful painting, who drew it? Oh, just voila, a little green, a little blue, a little yellow, and then bang, there's my picture. It doesn't work like that. There's a creator who put together this beautiful world. But then we have the Torah. And I know I'm a little bit on a, not exactly answering your question just right away, but I just think this is kind of goes into the Shema. Yeah. So, so I heard a beautiful parable of this also with Rabbi Dr. Rabbi Dr. Torsky of Blessed Memory. He said that, you know, if you're driving or you're traveling and you in the middle of learning Torah and then you stop to interrupt your Torah this is right from Ethics for Fathers and you say wow how beautiful is that tree how beautiful is that plowed field the Torah considers you as if you're Chayab Benashah like you should die for such a interruption seems very harsh how can that be? what are you talking about? I'm, I'm recognizing God's creation 
I'm not checking my iPhone, I'm checking the stocks, you know, listen. So Rabbi Torsky says that, you know, God forbid if a person was blind, so Hashem gives him certain tools. He can he can hear better, he has a walking stick when the, when the when he hears the uh the tick 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 he knows oh now it's time to cross. He uses a walking stick and he crosses the street. But he goes, Imagine if a person who has eyes closes his eyes and he decides he's also gonna just cross the street like that. He's gonna hear the tick 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 and he's gonna cross. He goes, What are you doing? You're crazy. Bar Bar Hashem, you have eyes. You see the little green man, the red man turned green, cross the street like a mensch. So he says that the same thing, that that before we had Torah, yes, this is how you connect to Hashem. You connect to Hashem with the luminaries, with the world, with creation. But now that we have Torah, even though you're recognizing the beauty of the world, that's nothing compared to direct communication with the Almighty. And he's talking to you through his Torah. You should not never interrupt, even to say how beautiful the tree is in the middle of learning Torah. And I think that's part of the connection between those two prayers, because first we do mention the luminaries, and we thank Hashem for that, but then we thank Him right afterwards for the beautiful Torah He gave us, and we connect to Hashem through Torah, and we learn it, we live it, we teach it, etc. And then we go into the Shema. And and I think that's a great introduction to the Shema, because, wow, Hashem is, Hashem is our God, Hashem is one. Like, you're awesome, Hashem. You give us so much. You Everything in this world is you, from the beautiful creation, the fact that, and we are celebrating Tu Bishvat, one of the greatest messages of Tu Bishvat is the fact that it's unbelievable. Like, every single fruit comes out of the ground, you know? Uh, you might like cheesecake or a Snickers bar, but it doesn't come out of the ground. And it might be quite delicious, but listen, you know, these natural candies that come out of the ground and the vegetables and person who loves eating snacks like myself, but I can really appreciate a delicious apple and orange and peach and plum and unbelievable delicious fruits and candies real natural candies that come out of the ground what a gift from the almighty and to give us so we thank Hashem especially today being the birthday of the, of the trees by eating these fruits and recognizing these the wonderful gifts but he also gave us a Torah and the Torah is greater than anything imaginable because it's it's like Lahavdil to make a bad comparison but imagine you found a, a book from your great-great-grandfather, and it says, Harry Smith, you know, all about my life and my challenges and my lessons to you. Like, you, you pick up the book and say, oh, Harry Smith, that was my great-great-grandfather. Ah, we don't need this. Throw it in the garbage. Is that what you do? Or you say, hey, let's learn about my great-great-grandfather, right? So the Almighty allows us not only to learn about him, obviously the Torah teaches us how to do the mitzvahs and what the mitzvahs are, the commandments, but also, we're connected to the Almighty. We get to know the Almighty by learning His Torah, and we feel more of a love for Him. So that's appropriate introduction to the Shema, to, to say these two prayers, that everything in the world is Hashem, and the Torah is Hashem. Now I can say the Shema. And when I say the Shema, I say, Shema Yisrael. Now, one of the words I always tell people is, the word Yisrael can mean three things. You know what those three things are? What can Yisrael refer to? You tell me. I can refer to Yaakov. Good. The Jewish people and the, the land. Excellent. You got it. See? Three things. Beautiful. So Dan got it. So now at this point, this is actually from the fifth book. Shema Yisrael is right from the Torah. A lot of people don't realize this. It's three paragraphs from the Torah. They're not in order. They're each paragraph, each of these three paragraphs are in different places in the Torah. But our rabbis put it together. So Moshe is talking to the Jewish people. We're called Yisrael. Listen, Israel. Now, listen, 
is a very important word because the greatest way to listen is to do. You know, you can ask your kids, can you please clean up those toys? And they say, sure. So a couple seconds later, um, what's going on? I didn't see the, you did not clean up those toys yet. He's like, you know, well, did you hear what I said? Yes, you said to clean up the toys. So then why don't you do it, right? So real listening is doing. And in fact, we have this week's Parsha. This week's Torah portion. For Yishma Yisro. Yisro heard. To really hear something is to incorporate it and to do. He says, if God really did all this for the Jewish people, I'm in. And he converted. That's listening. Real, real listening is action. Immediately. What's, what are you waiting for? Do it now, right? Every wife and mother would love if we did things now. But anyway, so listen, Israel. Hashem Elokeinu. So Hashem Rashi says that you're supposed to think about. Now, what's interesting is this line is one of the few lines in prayer and in all the mitzvahs that you're actually supposed to have intention. A lot of the mitzvahs, you don't, even though it's obviously better to think about what you're doing, you're putting on tefillin, you have intention of putting on tefillin, fulfilling the commandment, of putting on tefillin. But, um, but what if you don't necessarily think about the words when you're saying the blessing? It still counts because the action of putting on tefillin shows that you're clearly doing the, the commandment. But with the, with the Shema, you actually have to have intention. And there's a difference of opinion. Do you need intention just for the first line, for the first paragraph, all three paragraphs? So that's a difference of opinion. Obviously, if you can have intention for all three paragraphs, even better. But certainly, everyone agrees that first line, as well as the Baruch Shem Givod, the quiet line that we say after the Shema, you need to have intention. And that's why we close. We put our hand over our eyes, and we try to block out all distractions. Shema Yisrael, listen Israel, Hashem. So Rashi says, Hashem, we're supposed to think about, He was, is, and always will be, and He's the master of everything. Elokeinu is our God. Rashi, at that point, says that right now, he He's not... The world doesn't recognize that God is our God. Only the Jewish people recognize that He's our God. Otherwise, there'd be peace in the world. Hashem Echad. Once again, Hashem, same intention, was, is, and always will, is, and always will be master of the universe. Echad is one, but one day He'll be one to everyone. That's, that's the intention. Now, I have my own twist I do, which, which uh, I'm not necessarily saying is correct. I hope it is. But it's my own way of connecting. And I say, Shema Yisrael Hashem is our God. Meaning, in my mind, the other thing I think about is that not my iPhone. Nothing, you shouldn't be a slave, so to speak, or a servant to anything else but God. Hashem is our God. Not your boss, not the iPhone, not the phone call, not whatever else is in our life that seems to make us a slave. We're just... Oh, I have to do this. I did that. Real, as you mentioned earlier, no, I'm in shul. I'm in synagogue. I'm staying put. Like, hello, this is where it's at. Hashem, you're my our God. Hashem echad, as you mentioned also, Dan. Hashem comes first. Hashem echad. Like, like really? I gotta quickly get through prayer so I can go to my meeting. Who do you think is gonna make you successful in this meeting? I will. Says Hashem. Spend some time here. Talk to me. I got you covered. I'll take care of you. Right. And then we talk about. How you're supposed to love Hashem, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, all your resources, etc. Beautiful prayer that we should definitely spend time. This is a definitely a prayer. I would start with the Shema when it comes to wanting to understand prayer more, to understand the words, understand the meaning, the commentary. That would be the first, because as you mentioned, the Shema is such, a, such an important prayer. We said we're supposed to say it twice a day. We're supposed to say it when we go to sleep. 
we're supposed to say it, God forbid, in difficult situations before we, before we die. So because it's so powerful, it, it definitely is important to spend time understanding the Shema more than any other prayer. Maybe the Shema Nasser also on that same level. But certainly those two, you want to start with the most important prayers. Just as a side note, when we get to the, Sh- the Shema Nasser, one of the things they say, there is such a thing as of communal prayer. And so there is such an, uh, an idea in, in Jewish law that you do want to say the silent amida together with the congregation. And therefore, even though there's so many other parts of prayer, if you are running late, you, there are certain parts of prayer that we should skip in order that you start the silent amida together with the congregation. But we don't want to get in that situation, so ideally, come early. So and say everything. It's a different day. It's a different day in synagogue when you say everything, at least in my opinion, than when you skip just to be together with the community. When we finally do get the Shemona Esrei, you mentioned there's really three aspects of the Shemona Esrei. You know, in business, we were looking at updating our, our mission statement. But the problem with the mission statement is who reads it after you write it? Like, what's the point? It just gets filed away somewhere. No one's reading it every morning on their own initiative to see whether or not what they're doing at the organization is in alignment with the overall mission. So we're having this conversation. I'm thinking this is just a total waste of time, but I'm just placating my colleagues. But I was just thinking of the beauty of what's happening here is that we are all basically stating, you know, our mission statement. I love, you know, that first line to me is also about Amuna. You know, Elohim, judgment, Hashem, blessings, or Elohim, the aspect God that created the world, and Hashem, the one that governs all our affairs. It's, it's all one. And, but then we're stating what he wants us to do. And then after we've stated our mission statement, it's like we go into the boardroom together and we talk to the CEO and make our request. Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. Beautiful. When we do get to Santa Mita, there's really three aspects. Okay. One of them is, I believe, appreciation. First, you recognize who you're talking to. You're, you appreciate the Almighty. And I'll give a parable of this in a second. Then we request, and then we think. Now, they, the, the parable they give is, imagine you need a nice amount of money to borrow from your great uncle who's super wealthy. So you call him up. You don't just say, Uncle Bob, how you doing? Can you lend me $10 million? No, you don't do that. You say, Uncle Bob, how you doing? What's going on? Now, believe me, this isn't fake. The rabbis put this together for a reason. It's for us to write. Like, it's teaching us how to be a mensch. This is how you, you know, whether you're natural at this or you're not, this is the proper thing to do. When someone sneezes, you say, God bless you, gesundheit. I always tell people, when you make a blessing, you say, amen. You know, like, get used to, just like you sneeze, you say, God bless you, when you, when you hear a blessing. And that's why we should say a blessing out loud, which not everyone does. But then you say, amen. So, so too, our rabbis teach you guys, this is the appropriate thing to do. So, work on it that it's not fake. But you call your uncle, you say, Uncle Bob, how you doing? How's it going? How's, how's my aunt doing? How's this? How's the business? Everyone's doing well, right? You have a nice schmooze them, a little two minutes, you catch up. And then you say, hey, he goes, what's going on? You say, well, I can actually use $10 million because of X, Y, and Z. So he says, of course I'll give you the 10 million. I thought you were going to ask for 20 million. Okay, give me 20 million now. And then you say, thank you so much. So that's really the structure of our Shema Nasri. First, we're talking to Hashem. We recognize, we appreciate that He's the source of all blessings. He's the all-powerful. He's the almighty. And we need this for ourselves. Again, God doesn't have the ego. It's not like, 
God needs to hear this. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. What else am I? No, right? And and he's really the Gemara talks about how how Chazal, our rabbis, like it's endless the praise you can say for Hashem, but they just put in a limited amount of praise. You know, the Almighty, the Great, the Mighty, the Awesome, right? The Supreme God. There could be so many more, but this is what Chazal felt was important. That's what we do. We don't add to that. And you created everything. You own everything. And we should think about that. You resurrect the dead. You do everything. You know, rain comes from you. You heal the sick. You release the bound, etc. Now I know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to the Almighty who, who is all-loving, who is all-powerful, who could do anything. Now I start requesting. And what's interesting is it, the requesting is in the plural. Now, yes, there's going to be time for our personal prayers. And, and, we, and we, as we mentioned, you have to add your personal prayers, whatever's going on in your life. But um, definitely, but this is for the for the universe. We're asking that, please, you're the one who gives us das, knowledge. Please continue to give us knowledge, right? We ask that we should come back to your Torah. We ask for forgiveness, redemption, for healing. We ask for the ingathering of the exiles. We ask for livelihood, all sorts of stuff. And they're beautiful. And so, the, again, the more we focus on this and we study them, the more we appreciate the value of, of our prayer, of, the, of, of how, wow, if I had to put prayer together and make write this book myself, I wouldn't have done a, a good, a, even close to a good job as the rabbis put together. I just want to share one idea, though, on the request. So there are 13 requests that we say. And what's so interesting is this part of prayer, the recognizing the Almighty and appreciating Him, those are the first three paragraphs, and the end of prayer, which is thanking God, are always the same throughout the entire year. Every single Shemonastri, Shabbos, Yom Tov are the same. The middle part is what changes, depending on the day. During weekdays, we have 13 requests. But on Shabbos, we don't talk about the requests. We, we don't need anything physical, so we just talk about the holiness of Shabbos. If it's Passover, we talk about Passover, circles, etc., but what's interesting is only on weekdays do we ask for these 13 requests. And one thing I'll, I'll just say is that one thing that I thought about was why is the first request for knowledge? You know, a lot of people, you ask them, you say, hey, what's the most important thing in life? They say, be healthy. Happy, healthy, right? So, but yet really the healthy prayer being for healing comes three or four paragraphs later. And just one idea I like to share, and I don't know if it's true, but... You know, my father, blessed memory, he pretty much had Alzheimer's. And I remember it wasn't easy because he didn't really remember. He couldn't know who, you know, he, he likes laughing, but he doesn't really know who is this person exactly. And I always said, if God forbid there's a choice between someone who had cancer, but who was with it in their mind, or someone who was physically healthy, but weren't with it in their mind, would you? is there one better than the other? And I want to say that perhaps the message is that knowledge is more important, like, Hey, no one wants to get sick. We want both. But to be there mentally, you know, people always say, wow, she died at this age, but she was always there. To be able to say goodbye, to like, to, there's something so powerful that makes us, that's very Jewish, very human of us to be able to have that knowledge, that wisdom. And it's one of the first things we, we ask, we, we thank Hashem for, that we have knowledge. Thank you, Hashem, that I can think, I recognize it's daylight outside and I can figure things out and I can understand your Torah and I can see my child and know his name and talk to him and communicate and and that's perhaps even more important than 
being physically ill, which we don't want that either, of course, but just the precedence of knowledge over that. And the end of, of our Sion Tamida is, is thanking Hashem. And I really love that Modim prayer, which again needs to be studied. But we say, we shall thank you and relate your praise for our lives that are committed to your power and for our souls that are entrusted to you, for your miracles that are with us every day. And we have to think about, well, what happened today? Well, what do you mean? Didn't you wake up? Couldn't you see? Or who knows where God saved us from an accident? God forbid, you know, you know, too close for comfort. We we once did see a terrible accident happen not so far from us. And who knows? God forbid, you know, if we drove a little earlier, could that have been us? Thank you, Hashem, for that, and for your wonders and favors in every season, in every season, evening, morning, and afternoon. Hashem does so much. It, it behooves us, if that's the right word. I'm not so good in English. But to really understand what these mean, like what's the difference between wonders and miracles, etc., to study that. After the Shemona Aser, we do the repetition, if you're in a synagogue. Explain why the repetition. So the repetition really started because there were people that didn't know how to pray. We didn't always have the prayer books. And the whole idea was that the representative who the Shliach Sibor who was leading the service would fulfill their obligation by repeating the Shmon Esra by repeating the Santamita they would hear they would hear it they would say Amen and they just like you can make a blessing there's two people I'll make the blessing on the coffee you say Amen two for one you know one blessing get two for free get the second one for free you know it works so you don't have to make your own blessing so that was the idea and there are many things in Judaism that we kept as a custom. We kept, you know, even though you say, well, don't okay. most people know nowadays still how to do their own? Do we really need it? The answer is, yeah, we don't necessarily need it, but um, but we, we kept it in place. Still, it's still good. We still have a safeguard system. If uh, Dan Coleman fumbles the Hebrew, I get to make up for it. Makes I, I, I had that bracha when the Hazan goes to the repetition. I, I, I like that safeguard system. There you go. And, but there are certain laws. Like, so for example, if you are... Fulfilling your obligation, so then really, I would say the most people leading the service might not remember that they hey have in mind to fulfill the obligation of many people who may not know they may not think about that they should have that in mind. But also, if you are fulfilling your obligation through the shliach sibor, then you're not supposed to say baruch hu You're only supposed to say amen. A lot of when you fulfill your obligation through someone else's blessing, the baruch hu the blessed is he, blessed is his name, which we normally say when we see, hear God's name, should not be said because that's considered interruption. So when you're fulfilling obligation, you'll find that during um, Shavuos, when most people stay up all night, and one person makes certain blessings to fulfill everyone else's obligation because they stayed up all night, they can't, they should not supposed to say blessings of the Torah. And then we say Tachanun, of course, which we fall on not to fill an arm which is another type of prayer, which we incorporated because Moses did Tachanah many times. He was very sad when the Jewish people um, messed up time and time and again or complained. You'd see he would, he would fall on his face, it says in the Torah. So so do we do that. And that's why we don't do Tachanun on joyous occasions, like today. Whenever it's a joyous occasion, no need for Tachanun, which is a type of prayer which represents sadness or disappointment in a certain sense. right? right? And then we conclude with... If it's a non-Torah reading day, we conclude with the Ashrei, the Song of the Day. We also have the Kaddishes for anyone who's a mourner. And uh, that pretty much is the morning prayer. The afternoon and evening is much shorter, kind of much, much shorter. And uh, there you have it. 
Rabbi, I appreciate you sort of taking us through that, providing that general guidance and some new insights into each prayer. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the listeners? Maybe I know there's a lot of them out there that are, you know, new to Torah Judaism. Anything else you want to share? Absolutely. I'd just like to review that statement we said earlier, which is repetition is the mother of skill, as Tony Robbins says. Chazara, review, review, review. If you want to get good at anything, you have to learn it, you have to show up, you have to ask questions. And if you say to yourself, I don't connect the prayer and you leave it like that, then you'll probably never connect the prayer. If you change your question and say, I don't connect the prayer, I'd like to connect the prayer. Great. What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about the fact that you're 25 pounds overweight? You're just going to complain about it? You're going to do something about it? Is it going to be easy? No, it's never easy. Anything good in life is never easy. Never. And therefore, start studying. Start studying. Take it small. Pick up that book we mentioned by Rabbi Schwab on prayer. Take an art scroll. Look through the little footnotes. Ask a rabbi one question a day on prayer or whatever. Say to yourself, I want to connect more to prayer. I recognize how important prayer is. I want to connect more and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to designate a minute, two minutes a day to learn a little bit about prayer and to get more out of it so I can connect to Hashem. Because if you don't, then nothing's going to change. But if you take those steps, baby steps, and do something about it, you will connect more to prayer. You'll enjoy prayer more. And that's my, my two cents. I just want to end with also just say one more, share one more idea. I think about this a lot. I think about how really everybody knows that great things happen through tremendous exertion. The greatest athletes in the world have to work, excuse my expression, their tuchas is off to become great and to be the best. And they spend hours and hours working out. An amazing singer who wants to be the best, they spend the time. A musician, someone who wants to be an amazing doctor, spends time in medical school and it never ends is studying, working out, losing weight takes work. A person who knows what it's really like, not the the quick fix. The quick fix is the fake fix. The real permanent fix is the going to the gym and watching what you eat. It's hard. Of course, the blessing from Hashem is it becomes easier over time. Somehow, people don't take their Judaism. It, they don't put the same equation for their Judaism. Somehow they say, you know, I got to work out. I got to work hard to be successful, make a lot of money. I have to do this, I do that. Oh, Judaism... I'm sure God doesn't care if I don't if I if I don't eat kosher. I'm sure God doesn't care if I don't show up to the synagogue or pray. Eh, you know, God, I'm a good person. Hello, folks. My message to you is that if you recognize that success in any area of life comes through hard work, then the same thing. All the more so, our connection with the Almighty in Judaism comes through hard work. It's not easy. But it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding when you spend time learning Torah, when you spend time doing mitzvahs that are uncomfortable for you, but starting small and growing into it. And that's a life of tremendous success. I have a, one person I studied with just the other day mentioned to me, Rabbi, I really thought my whole life that if I made it to this point in success, that I'd, I'd be so happy. And I got there. I even surpassed there. I'm imagining this person is worth at least $100 million. And his friend said to him, God, this guy is so super successful. And he says, there's no happiness. I don't know what it is. Like, I'm, I'm still searching. I'm still empty. Wow. And he said, these conversations that we have once a week, he talks about every question on Judaism, life, growing. This 
is where it's at. He told me just the other day that I'm feeling happy. I'm feeling like I'm growing. I'm feeling like this is what's helping me become a better person. So my friends, get involved in your Judaism. Work hard. It's not easy, but it's so rewarding and so worth it. And there's nothing else more important than a connection with the Almighty. Beautiful. Thank you, Rabbi. And if anyone wants to get in contact with you, and they may find themselves in the Houston area, you have a a website that you can guide them towards? Sure. Thank you. BJC, which stands for Bel Air Jewish Center, BJCHouston.org, or Bel Air Jewish Center, one word, .org, or .com. We'll take you right to our website. It gives you our contact information and love to talk to you or go out for a cup of coffee and get to know you and get you on your road to Judaism. Awesome. Thank you, Rabbi. I appreciate you coming on. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Dan. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider supporting Torch so they can continue to spread Torah wisdom to the world by making a donation at torchweb.org and clicking donate in the top right corner of the page. And if you would like to get in contact with our host with comments, suggestions for future topics of learning, or questions for him or his guest rabbis, you may email him at president at torchweb.org.